It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies here on this second day of July. I cannot believe it. And you are listening to 101 FM or 1120 AM, the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk. And I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and I am in studio with my beautiful friends and co-hosts, Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Marlene. Hi there. Hi, Coach (laughs) Carrie. It's great to be with you, Marlene. It's great to see your gorgeous face. And yours. (laughs) (laughs) Great to be in studio on this hot July day. Holy cow, I tell you, it has just, um, we've had some crazy 100-degree temperatures back to back to back to back to back to back to back. (laughs) It's been amazing. We are Texans. So it's not going to stop us from celebrating and celebrating uh, what we do best, our independence. And, you know, I think this 4th of July, I am celebrating God's hand and his providence and what he has brought about in this nation. We have put up our American flag and are flying it high. And I'm just so proud um, to be able to say one nation under God, what a unique nation mm-hmm. where we can stand up and say that we have really been established by God's hand, by God's sovereign hand, by his loving providential hand over this nation. I think that, you know, so many times when people uh, uh, decry what uh, the, the perils or the, 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 um, the things that have happened that are negative and not lovely in this nation, they say that that really outweighs the good. And I say, mm-hmm. oh, no, like evil never outweighs good. Good mm-hmm. always uh, outweighs good. The light sends the darkness fleeing. And I think that we need to remember and look to God for everything that he's brought about in this nation this 4th of July. And we need to celebrate well, and I think it's a day also, uh, you know, the three of us, as we as we put our heads together about this program, it's a day to celebrate um, the unique way our country came to pass, right? I mean, this day in 1776, the Declaration of Independence was adopted by the Continental Congress. I mean, 1776, that's 246 Years ago, if my math is correct, um, you know, they <laughs> unanimously de- adopted the, declar- the Declaration of Independence, announcing that the colonies uh, would separate from Great Britain. And it's just amazing how our nation was founded. And in the last 246 years, I, I don't know. I feel like recently our patriotism is waning a bit, you know, as we see in recent years, progressive educators have focused on our flaws, um, you know, greed, war, slavery, and pretty much ignored our nation's accomplishments. And I found this article written in Rolling Stone magazine. It was actually written in 2015, and it polled its readers with the question, is there anything that would motivate you to die for your country? And 40% of the people that were asked this question said no. And I think that's because most of our youth are ignorant of America's unique spiritual heritage and how that is so intertwined with not only our Declaration of Independence, but our Constitution, our Bill of Rights. Um, And we've kind of slipped a long way from the Founding Fathers' willingness to pledge their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor for freedom to make a united states. So today on Love Talk, friends, we will discuss the truth, the trials, and the test of America. And I tell you what, I've never been more patriotic than I think I am now in my 40s. And maybe that's because I I coach a lot of these men that fought in Vietnam, Korea, uh, did tours in Iraq, um, were commanders of naval vessels, submarines. I I mean, these men are phenomenal humans and have really... um, I'm just, I just respect them so much for what they gave for our country. And so I think my patriotism is at an all-time high. 
<laughs> okay, I you know, I would I you know, I love that you say that. I would have to agree with that because when I was when I was little, I was super patriotic. I mean, you know, we've always stood up and put our hand on our hearts and done the pledge, but I, you know, you just all you know is you come from this amazing country where God has done amazing things and God is honored with every success. But you don't really know a whole lot more uh, than that. And, you know, growing up, I was probably one of the last of two generations that got to hear the correct U.S. history, where really mm-hmm. looked at actual documents and mm-hmm. really discussed them. And um, so, yeah, I would say that now today I have more knowledge, more understanding, more to be grateful for. And, ladies, I have to tell you, you know, this past spring when we interviewed David Barton, um, on the program uh, towards the end of April, I just was, I learned so much. And Marlene turned me on to one of his books that is just incredible that I wish every every mom and dad would buy for their their teenager. Our, if you have a kid who's 12 years old or old, 12 years old or older, get them this book. It is called The American Story, The Beginnings by David and Tim Barton, and it is phenomenal. It is not an opinion piece. It actually shows all of the documents, all of the historical documents from the founding of our country. So you can actually see everything God did. It's amazing. Marlene, how about you? Would you say more patriotic or less patriotic than you've been in the past? <laughs> oh, definitely more patriotic for, for a number of reasons. And this book is, is one of them. Um, you know, most people who know me know I've recently retired. And so one of the things that I've, I've really tried to do that, that is such a, um, I almost feel guilty when I sit there and read. It's a luxury, right? <laughs> it's such a luxury. <laughs> and I don't have uh, a thousand Zoom meetings or, um, right. different places to go and things to do. And so I read. And one of the first things I did was pick up the American story and read it from cover to cover. And I've probably given, eight copies away already and oh, wow. and every time i give a copy away they want to, the person wants to know where can i get another because it is mm. that monumental and, and kathy is exactly right it, every everything that's said in here is so well documented mm-hmm. there are nearly 70 pages of single space footnotes <laughs> and to document where every mm-hmm. quote every every principle mm-hmm. um uh, is originates so that they they went to the source documents you know one of the things that happened i think it was late in the um 1800s um is much of our history began to get secularized, uh, secularized, if I can mm-hmm. say that correctly. In other words, sanitized the Christianity mm-hmm. portions and the, the stories about the Christianity that, that formed our country um, were removed from a lot of our documents. And this goes back and says, no, this is what really happened. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, is so amazing to me is that time after time after time, God intervened. And, and in David's point in this book is that there's a golden thread that runs through our history. And that thread is the divine providence of God. And it's because we were a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, there's so much to say in this program. I, you know, I don't want to dominate. So I'm going to let the other ladies uh, speak <laughs> well, up. But, but what we have to remember is that when the 13 colonies were settled, they were settled by different religions or sects of, within the Christian, Christian faith, different peoples, different ideologies. They never intended to be one country. And yet they came together, and the story is why did they come together, and why is that so exciting? Well, Mar- Marlene's not joking. She's read this book cover to cover. Her pages, pages are tattered, and they she's got paper clips and sticky notes and <laughs> all through her book here in Studio Friends. So very, very true. Well, our key verse today as we look at Truth, Trials, and Tests of America comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 33, verses 12 through 15. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. I think the beginning of of those verses is very um 
prophetic, uh, and we're going to talk about that today as we go through. But again, it says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So, you know, um, gosh, you know, as we look at our history, there's a lot of trials. Um, And this book here, really helped by David Barton, really helps us um, with the truth I mean, of course there's trials. I mean, you're bringing together, I did not realize this, 2.5 million people in 1776 in these 13 colonies. Y'all, 2.5 million people? That's crazy to me. I did not, I guess I just thought the numbers were much smaller. But that's one truth that I, that I maybe I knew it, but I did, that I'd forgotten it. But 2.5 million. Well, and I tell you, I think it's, so interesting. I love the point that Marlene had made when we were kind of chatting before the program that the the America was never really meant to be this one cohesive united unit. It was meant, I mean, if you think of Europe, you have all these tiny little countries all mm. over the place. I mean, yeah. you have Switzerland, you have France, you have England, you have, and that is originally what they had intended for America. The ones that had originally come over, now some of them were escaping religious uh, uh, persecution from the state declared church, the Church of England, which we're going to discuss. You know, it never goes well when the government establishes one state declared church and mm-hmm. says that that's the only uh, religion, the only church that you can worship at. That's certainly our founding fathers want, did not want that to happen uh, in this country. But it's interesting because, you know, man makes his plans, but God directs his steps because we did not become this uh, America of, you know, that has a that has a French colony and, and a British colony and a German colony. We've become the United States of America, one people towards one purpose under God. And giving freedom for all and uh, liberty for all and the ability for people to pursue the 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 um, the rewards of their labor. If they're willing to work hard, they're able to achieve much. And it's unlike any country on the planet Earth um, in the history of the world. And I just love that we're going to get to talk about that as we have, have gone through uh, trials and tests, that the truth of America has persevered. Well, some fun facts about July 4th. I think these these were really fun. So some of the colonists. So 1776, the the Declaration of Independence was actually adopted on July the 2nd. But for some reason, they decided to celebrate on July the 4th. I'm not sure of those details. I'm sure it's in the book. I'm sure I just didn't didn't uh, <laughs> didn't memorize that. But uh, some of the colonists just celebrated Independence Day that summer in 1776 by having these mock funerals for King George III of England, basically symbolizing the death of the crown's rule on America. I thought that was pretty good. Um, So the first uh, annual commemoration of Independence Day happened on July 4, 1777 in Philadelphia. Um, Let's see, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, uh, two fellow founding fathers, they both died on July 4th, 1826. I found that very interesting. James Monroe, who was a president of our United States, also died on July the 4th, but in 1831. Um, One of my favorite legislators of all time is Representative Warren Chisholm, who's now retired, but he was represented the panhandle. His birthday is July 4th, so happy birthday, Warren. Oh, that's so fun. That's so fun. Um, you know, obviously, July 4th has been celebrated since 1776, became a federal holiday in 1870, and a paid holiday for federal employees in 1941. Wonder what everyone of you are doing this weekend, fellow listeners, love talk friends. This weekend for July 4th, I hope maybe you're cooking some barbecue or going to watch some fireworks or doing some sparklers out in the driveway tonight. Um, whatever it is today, we hope that you'll remember that, um, 
boy, our spiritual life and our nation are intertwined together. When we return to Love Talk, we're going to continue. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You found the love ladies. Coach Carrie Brinkader here in studio with my beautiful co-hosts and friends, Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. It's great to have you with us today as we are celebrating Independence Day. What are you doing this weekend for Independence Day? We hope that you are remembering that our nation is one that has been founded on Christian principles. And I would encourage you to get this book, The American Story, The Beginnings by David Barton. Um, what an amazing, amazing book this is, full of facts, <laughs> facts, friends, not opinions, facts. Uh, let me just uh, give you a quote here by George Washington. It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Do not ever let anyone claim to be a true American patriot if they ever attempt to separate religion from politics. That is our first president of the United States, George Washington. All right, ladies. So as we talk today about truth, trials and tests, there are a lot of misnomers out there about our nation's history. Um, and so today we're just going to talk through a couple of those. Um, as Marlene pointed out uh, to us uh, earlier this week as we were preparing this program, she's like, ladies, there is no way we can dispel every single <laughs> lie that is out there. So we've just picked a few to touch upon today, friends. Um, so our first one, is that a lot of people think that America was founded on violence. Well, the truth actually is that the founding fathers and the people in charge sought peace first. And let's get a little bit of history on that, ladies. Yeah, I I love this fact because it's something that I had never known. They actually sought peace for 11 years, Coach Carey and Marlene, for 11 years from 1765 to 1776. The leaders of the American colonies sought peace with Britain. They tried to resolve the conflicts peaceably. I mean, even in their conflicts, they would not um, – what were you saying, Marlene? They would never fire – First, it was all mm-hmm. they would always wait until they were fired upon. I mean, exactly. they it is amazing. And there was a final ditch effort in 1775 where they sent uh, this document called the Olive uh, Olive Branch. What is it called? The Olive Branch Petition in 1775. One final effort that they sent uh, to the king of Britain. And uh, he even refused to read it. So they saw no other option, no other option. Um, And then they made the Declaration of Independence in 1776. And so I just love that, that for 11 years they sought peace, 11 years they sought reconciliation. These were not a bunch of hothead egomaniacs who wanted to claim something for themselves. These were men who wanted a life for their families and were willing to live under British rule. Um, They just were not willing to uh, put their children and their wives and their future generations under the suffering um, of harsh, harsh rule without any sort of representation. Interesting. Now, Marlene, in the break, you were saying that the colonies, especially the first two colonies, which were Jamestown and um, Plymouth, Plymouth, that they were very different. Very different. Um, one was settled by the Puritans. One was settled by the, the Pilgrims. And both were Christian. However, one was very socialist minded. No, nobody owned private property. What I will say is that that colony, because nobody owned their own property, they also weren't akin, um, real comfortable with work. And so, um, they didn't like to forage and to farm and do all those different things. And so they actually, most of them died in that first summer or that first year. And then they were repopulated by new boats of, of people coming in. And, and then many of those died. So they actually had to learn how to, uh, be entrepreneurs themselves. But they were very different in that sect. And, and one of the things that I think is, 
is there's much that led up to the formation of this country that um, again it's that that golden thread of God's divine providence in that even in the 1730s the country was beginning even though all of the 13 colonies were populated by by Christian denominations of various kinds during that day they they believed differently they weren't united but they also in the the some of the leaders were realizing that in the 1730s they were falling away from the faith and so that some of the preachers of the day began to go from town to town and preach revivals and one of the most known was uh, a guy named James Whitfield or Whitefield I'm not sure how it's pronounced but he was an amazing man it says that he um did like 18,000 sermons oh my in his stars. in his day that he spoke to 80% of the population <laughs> many of them heard it multiple times wow. you know but but he was he sometimes did seven or eight uh, messages a day but everybody heard from him and one of his most famous uh uh sermons, I guess, was Father Abraham. And the message of Father Abraham is that, yes, you may pray this way and this colony and those people may pray that way, but who is your father? It's Father mm-hmm. Abraham. And that that was instrumental in uniting the colonies together. That message, Father Abraham, was instrumental. And it was, it was used by John Adams uh, at the Continental Congress to because when they asked to open the Congress in prayer, there was say, well, no, we're Methodists or no, we're whatever. Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> we're Anglican. Yeah. And, um, and he, he brought up the Father Abraham message and they all decided that they would kneel in prayer to start the Congress. Wow. You know, I love that. And I think that's why they were so adamantly opposed to having any one religion that the state declared, because Mm -hmm. they did come from very different religious backgrounds, but they were all men of faith, um, just united around prayer. I love that. Okay. So we saw peace first. And if you look back at the documentation, um, time and time again, uh, these leaders here that are trying to establish order in America, um, are, are trying to seek peace before, um, eventually the Revolutionary War starts in 1775, uh, Declaration of Independence 1776, and the war does not end until 1783. Um, whenever, uh, Britain finally goes, okay. Right. Like you, you guys can have it <laughs> fine. Um, and so uh, so love, love, love that. And that's in one of the first chapters, uh, first couple of chapters in this in this book by David Barton. OK, so uh, we've already touched on this a little bit, but we'll go ahead and go here. So truth, trials and tests of America. Truth. Separation of church and state has been incredibly distorted over the years. Let me just give you an example here. Trials. Um, If we're going truth, trials, and test, a trial. There's a coach up in the Northwest, um, up in Washington State, a football coach. And he'd been a football coach at the same school for years. And for years, he, after a game, he would just privately go to a section of the football field, kneel down and pray. He wasn't saying, hey, fellas, come pray with me. He wasn't inviting the other team. He was, it was just this kind of private thing that he did. Um, not a big showy thing. Went, knelt down, prayed, got up, and then went and went on about the after game business. Well, this coach was relieved of his duties um, at this school. He could no longer be associated with the football team at this school because of this display of faith. Well, this has been a, I don't know how many years this has been going on, this uh, battle. Um, But the coach took this to court. And just this past week, um, in a 6-3 to decision, the SCOTUS ruled that a, that the school board in Washington State discriminated against this former football coach when it disciplined him for post-game prayers. 
the decision favored the protection of religious faith over concerns about government endorsement of a re- of religion. So here we are, this whole church and state you know, battle that seems to have ruffled many feathers, um, as have <laughs> most of these decisions by the SCOTUS over the last two weeks. But I think Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote uh, this very well about Bremerton High School. And he said that his prayers, this coach's prayers, were protected by the Constitution's guarantees of free speech and religious Exercise. In fact, um, I'll quote him. He said, respect for religious expressions is indispensable to life in a free and diverse republic, whether those whether those expressions take place in a sanctuary or on a field. He said here, a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a brief, quiet and personal religious observant religious observance doubly protected by the constitution you know i i just think i i think back to my own personal experience um in a job i had at a university where i was very specifically told i could not participate in prayer circles with my team and um i was also specifically told i could not speak the prayer at a national day of prayer event in my own hometown And I, of course, it never crossed my mind that I could have been like this coach and taken this all the way to the highest court of the United States of America. Um, But this was a victory for me. Amen. (laughs) Yes. For us all. Uh, Yes. Yes. Because this coach was, um, he lost his job because he knelt down to pray. So, you know, and you think, I would also say for everyone out there who says who's thinking, oh, yeah, he lost his job, but then he went back to court and everybody made it right. No, it was a seven year long seven years, fought wow. process. Wow. So it was in 2015 that he lost his job mm. after being coach for seven years um, since 2008. And so for those of us who, who just take this lightly, friends, we cannot take this lightly and this is being done all over the United States and people are are coming forward and saying hey this isn't right but you know Carrie it's just like you said we don't think when we're told this okay you can't do that you know so many of us go okay well to fight this it's just too hard Mm -hmm. but I just love Mm -hmm. this Bremerton coach and I mean I think I probably would do the same thing I'd be like okay I just live to fight another day I'm not going to engage in this and just drag my family through this I don't have the finances for this but he stuck to it and has fought the fight and I think that now there is room for us to be able to stand and take encouragement from those who are willing to stand and we have to step into this space because if we abdicate it we know what it's going to be filled with now true I'm going to read a couple of quotes here from some of our founding fathers that that will emphasize to our audience how important this whole thing about religious freedom and Christianity is. This is from William Penn. Those who will not be governed by God will be ruled by tyrants. Mm. Benjamin Franklin. I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proof I see of the truth. God governs the affairs of man. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is, is it impossible that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build, they labor in vain mm. that build it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, um, so many of our founding fathers in their early writings talk about the necessity that liberty and and Christianity go hand in hand. Without Christianity, you cannot have freedom. You cannot have liberty. And, uh, you know, even um, as late as Ronald Reagan, freedom prospers when religion is vibrant and the rule of law under God is acknowledged. That's what Ronald Reagan said. Well, and we see the the opposite of this, right? I mean, when people are not under God, they don't 
uh, just embrace uh, the sanctity of life. They don't embrace the freedom uh, that that he brings. I mean, we we see chaos. I mean, we see darkness infiltrate those spaces. And Marlene, when you're reading that, it makes me think of, you know, back in 1776, if anybody were betting who's going to come out on top, the most well-trained, largest military on the planet, the British, versus a ragtag, undersupplied, untrained group of colonists who is going to win this war? Nobody, nobody, nobody would have ever bet that America would stand. And the, one of the things I love about this book with Barton is that not only does he show the actual documents over and over and over again, just the, the prolific amount of evidence there is about faith in our nation and the number of times our uh, people, all of our citizens came together to fast and pray for success. Um, but he also shows that when everything should have been tipped against us, that it was only by providence, the Lord's hand, that things miraculously came out in our favor in battle. Well, and, and I'll go even further here to say that, um, you know, this concept of the separation of church and state has been has been distorted. The original intent um, was the true purpose was of preventing the establishment of a state church by the government, right? Exactly. Yes. So the Massachusetts Bay Colony, they wanted to establish a one unifying church for all the peoples. And, you know, like you already said, Marlene, okay, well, we had this group over here that prayed this way and this group over here that prayed this way. They were all under God, but there was no reason to establish a state church that made people believe or pray a certain way that they weren't necessarily comfortable with. And so this was to let, okay, you guys can be a Baptist church and you guys can be a, a, you know, a Methodist Methodist or a Catholic church, right? It, that, so people could have autonomy to worship the Lord the way that they felt most felt comfortable. And so I, I, I think that's where it's been distorted, right? This was to, so that everyone didn't have to do the same thing. But we've made it something completely different, right? <laughs> oh, no, you can't kneel and pray on a football field. That is completely different than making people believe or pray a certain way. You know, I think if we had even suggested to our founding fathers that we take and remove the Ten Commandments off of the walls of a courtroom, <laughs> they would have been like, what on earth is going on? Because our entire government system, our judicial process, the separation of our legislation from our judiciary, from our executive branch, a branch, the fact that we are a, a democratic republic mm -hmm. where the people are able to elect people, this is all biblical. It is all based on uh, the government that we see God establishing throughout the Old Testament. And, you know, I love there's this third belief that kind of uh, stretches out of this, um, Coach Kerry and Marlene, that Americans, that Christ followers, that 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 people who love the Lord, they have no um they should never be involved or engaged in government or politics. And yet that is insane because we see throughout scripture um that uh, God's people have been engaged in both government and politics in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so I just, I think that, friends, we have to get this out of our minds that say, oh, if I love the Lord, then I just need to stay out of all of this. No, it is exactly the opposite. If you are standing for God's kingdom on this earth and we have this one nation that is under God, then you need to be standing in place in this nation and taking back lost ground, not giving it up and retreating. I think it's even, I think it's, just as important as ever to make sure that you're registered to vote, you know, with the SCOTUS putting, um, you know, the, the power back in a state's hands with um, the the abortion laws. Now, now the states, now it's even 
of more of importance, I mean, of utmost importance that we are registered to vote and that we get out and vote for people who will uphold the sanctity of life in our own states. Right. And so, Kathy, what you got? (laughs) I I just love this because this gets to me. I have Christian girlfriends that somehow think that the Supreme Court just banned abortion when it's exactly the opposite. The Supreme Court has said this needs to go into the hands of the states. This is where the decision always should have been. Uh, they say, you know, look, the, the, the ruling, the original ruling on Roe v. Wade was an egregious ruling. It was, it was a wrong ruling. The federal government should never have taken this decision away from the states. And so, friends, here's the really cool thing is that now, as an American citizen, as a registered voter, you have more of a say mm-hmm. as as to what happens with abortion whereas before you really had no no rights you had no say your voice was silenced because the federal government stepped in and took this decision away from you well now this individual states are able to say this is what we are going to do with abortion and also guess what you know that means your tax dollars Ta- you have more of a say in where your tax dollars go because you are not forced to put in tax dollars that now get get uh, used for abortion. So this is just an amazing thing that gives us more freedom, and yet somehow people are thinking that this has removed freedoms, and yet it has done exactly the opposite. You know, we, we will do a whole program on this. I'm not sure if it'll be next week, the 9th, or the next week, the 16th, but uh, you'll want to stay tuned as we have a special guest on our program and we really discuss and talk through some of the implications and things now that things are starting to shake out in the water, right? Um, but that, that you can, you can uh, be looking forward to that. You know, I just I kind of want to go back to this point that does Jesus want his followers involved or engaged in government or politics? And as we as we flesh this out, of course, the answer, I believe, is yes. You know, girls, you know, some some nations honor the Lord and some don't. Right. I mean, if we look across the world, some nations honor the Lord, some don't. God chose to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but he chose to spare Nineveh. And we can find those passages in Genesis chapter 19 and in, in the book of Jonah when we look at, at Nineveh. But he he made his choice based upon the city's reaction to his authority. And so those those two stories are pretty different as we look at the, how they reacted to the authority of God over them. Um and, and, you know, any nation that honors God, if we go back to our verse of the day, um, it tells us in the book of Psalm, I've got to find my verse of the day. Here we are. Psalm that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And from heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. He promises to bless every nation that will honor him as their God. And so I believe, therefore, if we're using logic here, I know that's not always... <laughs> That's not always popular opinion. I think it's appropriate then for our nation to give thanks to the God who blesses us. I I couldn't agree more. And and I'm going to go back to the the whole story of the first great awakening and where the, the, the founding fathers looked at the country and said our morality, our um just our our whole priority on God is waning and therefore mm-hmm. They prayed in this revival, took swept across the country and dramatically changed the hearts and minds of people. A second great awakening happened right before the Civil War. And and so, again, it was a, a, a point in time where things, the heart of God was waning. And I remember um, the story of, of President Truman after he got into office and he said, we are not enough God focused. And that's when mm-hmm. under God went into our Pledge of Allegiance and, and some other things happened. But if never before, people, if never before, now is the time for another great awakening mm. to sweep across this country. And I, I pray that you pray that every day, that God would send revival, that God would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to mm. God himself, and, and that this country would fall on its knees and walk in unison 
to mm. the church and do the prayer and the fasting that was so common in our in our uh, country's history uh, early in its in its in life. our founding in our yeah. founding it well, was very ladies, common. I I just love that and I hate to wrap us up but we do have to go to break and we have one final segment left. Friends, the truth t- trials and tests of America. What is Coach Carrie going to bring to us in our final segment as we wrap up and share what we're going to be doing this 4th of July? Stay with us as we hear from our uh, Love Talk sponsors that keep us on the air. Friends, we look forward to being back with you right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk here with the Love Ladies, Coach Carrie Brinkater, Kathy Enderbrock, Marlene McMichael here in studio, bringing you goodness and joy and great things about America for today, <laughs> truth, trials, and tests of America. You know, as we went to break, we were discussing, does Jesus really want his followers involved or engaged in government and politics? And the answer is yes. And I just had a couple more points I wanted to make about that, that the Bible, you know, says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Now, ladies, I don't believe that America is perfect. I mean, obviously, but I do, I do believe it is a great gift. It is this fantastic gift that we have been given to have been the three of us born in this nation. And what a gift it is, because I do believe it is the best nation on the planet. And I don't think God's, you know, up there in heaven waving an American flag. There's other great countries in this world. Um, but it is not, it is not idolatry to give thanks for the blessings of our nation. Um, it's, it's no more idolatrous than giving thanks for our mothers on Mother's Day. Um, we can be unashamedly patriotic and unapologetically Christian at the very same time. They can live together. Um, I mean, we have incredible resources, breathtaking scenery. We have unprecedented freedom. This is a little off topic, but I'm I'm pretty shocked these days at uh, people getting angry about, you know, these opinions that are coming out from the highest court in the land, our, our Supreme Court. Whenever, if they lived in another country, they wouldn't be even able to speak their opinion in some countries on this world, in this planet. Good and point. so, you know. You, you have the ability to speak your opinion. Be grateful for that, right? Instead of, and so I, yeah, that's a little off topic. I won't get on my soapbox, but <laughs> why have we been so blessed? I mean, we're not more intelligent or more industrious or more deserving. I simply believe it's because God was honored in the founding of our nation and he has kept his promise. Well, and, you know, Coach Carey, you you talk about uh, just how unique this nation is. And I would love for you to share that story, this story that you shared with me last week about um, a Cuban taxi driver um, that you you had stepped into his taxi and you were just, you know, as you always do in your joyful fashion and really caring about people, asking him, you know, what he thought of what was going on in Cuba at the time with Mm -hmm. protests and how he was doing personally. And he shared this incredible story about his mother Mm -hmm. with you. Can you just like quick share that story? Let me set the scene here. Last summer, um, my son and I were in Las Vegas. He was playing basketball tournaments. And so we were catching Ubers and Lyfts um, all over Vegas. And uh, we we stepped in this car with a young man. um, And I, you know, I, he had an accent, and so I simply said, oh, wow, where, you know, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Cuba. I said, wow, yeah, how long have you been here? And he told me how long he'd been here in the States, and he'd been here quite a while. He was in his 20s, um, but he'd been here several years. And um, I said, goodness, you know, how do you feel about what's going on in your home country? There's so many protests, and we see people out in the streets waving American flags and um, calling for freedom in your country. And so it was kind of this open-ended question because I didn't know where he was going to, you know, fit on this issue. And I said, how do you how do you feel about this? And he said, oh, it's glorious. It's great. Um, we are we are um, rising against our government. He said, my mother is a medical doctor. She is an OBGYN. And she has trained medically many, many years of medical training. And my mother makes less than $150 a month. And I made some kind of 
crazy noise, like, I gasp. And I said, you mean a week? And he said, no, a month. He said the government caps her salary so that she's not tempted to move somewhere else. He said, I've not seen my mother in many, many years because they will not allow her to leave the country because they know if she leaves the country, she will not come back. So he makes his money and he sends money to his mother because she cannot live on $150 a month. It was less than that. I, It was like $148 or $47, something like that a month. And... Logan is in the car with him. It's my 16 year and he, his mouth is agape, right? Because he knows if he goes in most three yards in Georgetown, he can make $147 in a day. And this young man said, it, it, it makes me so very sad to see young people in America not appreciate what they have because socialism is the most horrible form of government. It's so oppressive. And that's why I'm here and so grateful to be in the United States. And, you know, I think this is what young people don't realize. They think, oh, well, if you live in a socialist government, your medical needs are taken care of. Everything is taken care of. No. I mean, not only is it taken care of, but you can't leave if you want to leave. I mean, they have these handcuffs on you. And that is and really Cuba is more like communism as well, which is also uh, like China, Mm -hmm. where they have what they call the golden triangle they have handcuffs. They tell you where to live, how much money you're able to make, and you are not allowed to leave the country. So, friends, it's not something that if you don't like, you can just step away from and leave. Now, in our nation, if you don't like what's going on, you can just leave because we have freedom and liberty. But let's not change our nation into one of these other nations. Let's really enjoy the uh, just the unique government that we have. Marlene, you were saying some incredible things in the break. Share those with our listeners. Well, I was I was talking about. Uh, I mean, I am still stunned by your by your <laughs> story because it is, and everything that Kathy said is, is so true. Is that we have many in our younger generation are very uh, privileged. Mm-hmm. They've not known. You know, sometimes you see on Facebook memes that talk about the generation that saved their foil, you know, mm-hmm. be, you know, because it was expensive and you, you reused yeah. it as much as you could. My mother was one of those. By yes, the way. my grandmother, <laughs> for sure. Saved their foil. And, they, you know, you had these little stacks of used foil in the pantry. Mm-hmm. But um, and our gener- our younger generation today has not experienced that kind of. Uh, want or need right. they've, you know they've not had to sacrifice at that level and so it's 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 hard for them to relate to some of the things that we that really happen in other types of governmental systems but if you even go back again to our founding the the whole story of Jamestown was that um that they were socialists much like what you're seeing in Cuba mm-hmm. they didn't work and so out of all of them, only a handful lived after the first year. Mm-hmm. And and so it was it, because the, the reality was much harsher and they weren't prepared to deal with it. And so um, I think that we as a country need to, you know, there, there used to be a, a day when we relished the stories of our parents. You know, we used right. to joke about, you know, mom had to walk the, to school in the snow. And, Uphill you know, both ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but the reality is... We need to understand that maintaining the type of democratic republic that we have is not an easy task and that there are many things that went into its foundation that are crucial to its longevity. And those those three things to me are that you can't separate the Declaration of Independence from the Constitution, from the Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. The Constitution was ratified on the condition that we write the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. And and that was many states or a handful of states wouldn't sign unless they, they had that guarantee. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that you understand why those things were created the way that they were and the fact that when they hit an impasse, when there was not agreement, they called for prayer. 
Mm-hmm. They called for prayer and convocation, and they all marched to the church, and they prayed, and they fasted, and, and then they came back together, and they found unity. Mm-hmm. And and this is kind of, you know, we're at a place where we really need to find unity. And so, again, I'll, I'll say it again. We really need to, to make the need for revival and the, the coming of revival important to us in part of our prayer life. And I, I'm going to encourage everybody to, to go and get a copy of this book because it, it talks about why our government was formed the way it was. So you understand why there is a, um, a the Constitution, why there's a bicameral legislature, why the, mm-hmm. all of the, those different things. It's very specific. Go to wallbuilders.com, order the book. You can get it other places, but that's the best place. Tell our listeners the name again. The name of the book is The American Story, The Beginnings, and this is really just a part one. They're they're working on part two, so this will take you up to the point of the the Civil War. It doesn't deal with the Civil War, but it does take you up to that point. It's it's an amazing book, and um, every family needs to own one and make it dinner conversation. The American Story, The Beginnings by David and Tim Barton. Friends, we, we, again, we had other things to talk about today. Um, trials are, uh, you know, tests and trials, uh, the truth test and trials of America. Um, but again, go get this book, The American Story, The Beginnings. You know, I would just encourage you this weekend as you're maybe celebrating with friends and family and enjoying a cold beverage out by the pool or, um, barbecuing, you know, this weekend, I would, encourage you to be thankful um, that you have the freedom to do that, that we're blessed enough to live in a country where we can move freely, we can roam freely, we can have our own opinions, um, but that our nation was founded in a way where we are blessed and we are to be thankful for these founding fathers that risk everything in order to form this nation, this the greatest nation on the planet, the United States of America. You know, friends, we love you so much, and we're so grateful that you've been with us. If you want to contact us, you can find us on Facebook. Um, you can find us uh, at The Bridge, Austin. You can find us on your favorite podcast as well, um, uh, your favorite podcast um uh, site. site. Thank you, Kathy. 512-644-7972 if you'd like to contact us by phone. For my beautiful friends, Kathy Anna Brock and Marlene McMichael, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkgater. We'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.